Napa know-how. Right now, a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil and a platinum filter is just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa full synthetic oil and a platinum filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12 15 19. Good evening. The time is 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is your host, Buffy Williams. You're listening to the New Heights Show on Education. And this week, I will be introducing myself, and I'm your host, Buffy Williams, from the Troy, Alabama area. Tonight's topic is the history of education reform. Hello, everyone. This is Danielle Washington coming to you live from Ms. Buffy Williams' office. <laughs> Just sitting around thinking about life and trying to become better people tonight, so check us out. Welcome back. You're on the air with Buffy Williams, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. We have been discussing the show's purpose on mission. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. I'm David Smith, founder of Silicon Valley High School, and we're proud to bring you these New Heights Educational Group radio shows because we share the same belief that quality education should be accessible and affordable to everyone everywhere. We also believe learning should be as entertaining as possible, and here at Silicon Valley High School, We're proud to report that over 96% of students would recommend our video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported online courses to a friend. Learn more about our fully accredited, entirely online high school and our $95 courses today at svhs.co. And I hope you enjoy the show. I want to thank you all for continuing to listen. I'm so grateful for my listeners. And uh, let's get into today's show. Tonight, we will be discussing the history of education reform. But before I get into that, I wanted to discuss a few things that we discussed on last week's show. I have a partner with the New Heights Education Group, and she is a fellow host of mine, and her name is Erica Henson. And I wanted to let my listeners know that she discusses topics related to depression, anxiety, and other disabilities. And her show airs live on Thursdays at 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, her name is Erica Henson, and she discusses topics related to depression, anxiety, and other disabilities. And uh, sometime in the future, we will be able to co-host some of our shows and also hopefully participate in some roundtable discussions with past hosts of the New Heights Educational Group. Also, um, the recommended books and curriculums on their website that I authored, um, I'm also a proud partner as well as a host with the organization, and you can find my books and other recommended readings on their page in the Learning Annex. Um, When you look up me uh, under the Partner Courses, You will also be able to check out the genealogy courses where my curriculum can be used as a teaching tool um, with their curriculum under the genealogy course. Um, We also have the Easy Tunes comic book, which addresses issues that students may be facing in schools. And on the back side of that book, on the back cover, um, there are different hotlines that students can use if they're facing particular issues. Um, that will be helpful for them regarding any educational struggles that they have um, in school. So I wanted to make sure that you all know about my 
co-host from time to time who is airing live on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, the Easy Tunes comic book, which I will be reading for you all um, bi-monthly, but you can also access additional resources uh, and hotlines on the back cover of that book. So now let's get into the show, uh, the history of education reform. Education is a discipline that um, considers um, other methods of teaching and learning, um, whether that's in schools or in a school-like environment. But one of the things that uh, I find interesting is that we all have a vision of what we think is the proper form of education. But at some point, we have to try to find some type of consensus. And so the history of where we came for as education is concerned is um, very important for us to create a foundation on this show so that we can all start, uh, have a starting point of where we want to move from here. Um, Also, education can um, be a transmission of values um, and other acquired knowledge in society. And we know that Horace Mann was the father of American public education. And originally, he attended school for 10 weeks out of the year. And the rest of the time, uh, he had to work on the farm, which was, you know, common during those times. But in no way do we want to talk about abolishing public schools or, um, you know, eliminating public schools, but we also have to have some type of foundation. So where do we start? We want to talk about kind of how much does it cost to send a student to school, you know, and what are the, what's going to be in the best interest of the students. And statistically, we know that only 60% of students are college or career ready. And, you know, we're talking about choice and, and accountability. And what we know is that, you know, families struggle to find the best fit for their children. And so what we want to do is we just want to kind of lay a framework so that we can all kind of engage in uh, educational topics that may be beneficial to do what's in the best interest of the student. So going back to Horace Mann, he only went to school, like I said, maybe 10 weeks out of the year and the rest of the time he worked on the farm. And as far as I know, my grandparents also had a similar experience. They only went up to a certain grade level in school and then the rest of the year, everybody farmed um, as well as my parents. And so we know that one of the things that he was instrumental in is that he wanted public education to be paid for by taxes and, and, Back then, as well as now, you know, parents who had, um, who were well off, who were wealthy, their children were either uh, sent to private schools or they had private tutors in their homes. So in the foundation of education, most uh, only went to school part-time. And if they did go to school, they went to school in one-room schoolhouses. And they had very limited supplies. They had very little... um, The teachers had very little education, but the reformers wanted education to be a place where some students could escape poverty, a way for them to become better citizens. So Horace Mann ended up being the state supervisor for education, and his thing was that citizens needed to galvanize in order to vote to make sure that schools um, were better than they had been in the past. And so what they did was the citizens galvanized and decided that taxes would be the way to pay for better schools. Uh, And then those schools also would pay for higher salaries for teachers and also establish special training schools for teachers. And then we see the matriculation of the school uh, year increasing from 10 weeks um, to approximately six months out of the year, which of course linked in the school year and it made uh, an improvement in the curriculum because there were three basic principles of the public education at that point. So one was that the schools would be free and supported by the taxes of the citizens. Two, teachers would be trained 
And then three, the students would be required to attend school. So we know that now we also have that into play. We have um, types of truancy laws where students are required to attend school up until a certain age. And so, you know, other regions also adopted this theory um, from Horace Mann. And so more schools and more colleges were established. But also, originally, we know that females were not admitted to, to these high schools or to these colleges. So later on, as um, the education system went on, we also know that African-Americans um, were not allowed to attend these schools. And if they did go to schools, those schools were separate and they received less funding. Um, and so as the, um, as the school system got better and as um, women received more rights, so did African-Americans. Um, and as the history of education reform evolved, we know that schools um, got better and also got better for women and for African-Americans. So at that point, there was a greater interest in teaching people who had disabilities. And also we're talking about people who um, were visually impaired or had a hearing impairment. And so we are moving from, you know, general education for the masses um, and then the matriculation from that to educating women and then putting more efforts into servicing minorities and then those with disabilities. And so Horace Mann kind of started that movement uh, with understanding that um, education was going to be the key to um, all citizens becoming um, more empowered as far as their education was concerned. So what can we do um, as parents and educators um, that strive to give our students um, the tools that they need to succeed. We need to focus on, you know, healthy bodies, healthy minds, building self-confidence, and also giving them a solid education. So we want, we want them to be passionate about life, and we want to give them everything that they need to excel in life. But we know that that is not always um, in the form of textbooks. This could be also in the context of creative learning, creative design, um, and just the environment in which you put the child in, something that's going to inspire them and empower them to design um, a, from real world problems. And so here we have the exploration of different ideas. And we also understand that, you know, learning culture molds their behavior. And it also is um, expansive in the way that they think and they think about public education. They think about government and governance. And so originally we know that education at that point, you know, were pretty basic. We were talking about mathematics and language and, and learning how the sciences and the arts work. But as we um, move on through education, we understand that Sometimes there was a conflict in what was going to be actually offered at these schools. And so that's where we get to the point of informal education or maybe even unschooling. And regardless, we know that we wanted to maximize the potential success, um, regardless of the circumstances of where a child was born. We wanted to maximize their experience in um, the field of education. And so... One of the other things that um, was so instrumental is that now that we've come from just learning the basics of mathematics and language, we've gotten into the field where we discuss also, you know, maintaining good character and character education and schools implementing character education. And with the Journal of Character Education, researchers and policymakers and teachers and educators and school practitioners, they have developed, um, you know, positive character standards for students. And so with that, not only is our education system taxed with teaching the fundamentals to our students, but they're also teaching good character. Um, they're teaching them to care, um, care about each other, acting upon those core values and those ethics, fairness, honesty, compassion, being responsible, and having respect for others. And so, you know, 
these principles are something that originally, you know, we probably historically thought of as would be taught at home and not necessarily the responsibility of the school, but more of uh, an extension of the home. And so those things were always practiced, but not in the sense of character education within the schools. And so there are also um, 11 principles that go along with the character education and that schools usually address and in the overall school climate, in addition to uh, academic curriculum and extracurricular activities, they have interpersonal uh, relationships and school governance, like school rules. And then we have uh, an area where usually school-wide, they include uh, a comprehensive school reform and more specifically, uh, the basic efforts of service learning, life skills, conflict resolution, violence prevention, which also includes anti-bullying type efforts um, in schools, and also education and prevention of drugs. And then we know that in the past they've had, they've included things like sex education as far as the history courses were concerned. And I talked a little bit about that on my last show with the sex education during the era in which I work with the weights and the aims program. That was um, the government's attempt to implement a um, counterculture to the sex education that was being Uh, placed in the schools at that particular time. So they thought that abstinence education would be a better um, way to implement those things. And so I was very actively involved in abstinence education. And so I want to elaborate on that abstinence education. And and I know that when we think about abstinence, we can abstain from a lot of different things. We can abstain from drugs or violence and all those things. But in that particular context, uh, when I worked with those programs, it was primarily sex education. And so Um, they were abstaining from sexual activity until marriage. And so that was kind of like the pledge, like the purity pledge that they have now. So also um, with that, they talk about um, in schools now, education um, works on civic virtue and social responsibility and having good morals and reasoning. And then of course, relevance to Uh, the multicultural education and how we teach that in social justice and ethics and environment and technology. Uh, And then there are the schools that also are religious schools that have religious education. So we have a lot of things that teachers and administrators have to um, actually incorporate within the day. And so I want to hear from my listeners kind of what do you think about, you know, schools having to, Uh, implement all of these things uh, within the core curriculum in addition to teaching the basic subjects. Do you think that this is something that our current uh, educational structure is built for? Um, What things need to be actually changed as far as our educational reform system and kind of where do you feel like we might be doing things correctly? And where you think doing things incorrectly or things that we can change in order to make uh, education a better, um, a better system for our students. And so we want to think about what does the research say? I know that um, the research research out there, uh, there, it can be found as far as the character education is concerned. And so if you're, you're wondering kind of where some of this data can be found, um, you can go to the reform movements of the 1800s, the Journal for Character Education. Of course, our uh, Encyclopedia Britannica uh, is also accessible. And then the Center for um, Education Reform. And also the New Heights Educational Group um, has out there for parents who are considering Uh, homeschooling their students or are participating in some type of unschooling um, population. And um, that's, that's one of the the great things that I I love about the New Heights educational group is that the resources that are out there and the course curriculums that are out there are services and resources that are designed to 
kind of assist parents who have decided that maybe the public school setting is not necessarily for them, but they need to have additional resources to be able to provide the courses that they want to provide to their children at home. So they actually have, if you're in Defiance, Ohio, you can actually go by and actually take advantage of those resources um, hands-on in-house or you can actually uh, access on the website, so um, virtually. So you have the opportunity to explore education in a lot of different ways. And so with the New Heights Educational Group, there are different courses that you can use to augment your um, homeschooling experience and your unschooling experience. And I just want to thank our listeners out there for listening to our show today And I hope that you have gained additional information regarding um, education and education reform. And again, remember, my grandparents uh, only uh, went to school up to maybe like the sixth grade. And so I know that there are a lot of listeners out there um, who have a similar background, uh, or you may have come from a family where you are second or third generation college student and you have the educational background and you may can offer us a different perspective on education but um, we have a lot of people who think that maybe our education system is broken and we need a lot of input as to how can we make the school system better for our students so I want to thank you um, for listening and uh, again Please join us um, here on the New Heights Educational Group. On next week, our topic will be the IEP process. So I want uh, all of you all to join me. And as I learn more, uh, hopefully I can educate. And we'll be looking at the Department of Education's outline for the IEP process and what all goes into the IEP process and the steps uh, um, that you go through in order to set your children up for that program if that is something that they're in need of. So again, I'd like to thank you for listening. I'm your host, Buffy Williams, and until next time. You can also follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn at Buffy Williams and on Instagram at Buffy underscore Williams and Twitter at Buffy underscore Awaken. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the New Heights Show on Education. This show was written and expressed by Buffy Williams. Auto and mixing was produced by Jamal Banks. Thank you for listening. Good night. Until we meet again on the New Heights Show on Education. for the month of December. Happy birthday to the following people. Priya Kedhardeth, Heather Ruggiero on December 3rd, Geetha Lingasamy on December 4th, Lindsay Clark, December 5th, Roberta Perkins on December 19th, Erica Hansen on December 20th, Tanushri Tawari on December 25th, And happy anniversary to Michelle Shockey and Shannon Williamson on December 17th. Other exciting updates from the New Heights Educational Group includes the following. And please don't forget to donate to the New Heights Educational Group this holiday season. You can also visit our website and click on Amazon Smile when shopping on Amazon. That way NHEG receives a portion of the sales. A thought 
for you is also we have had over 327,000 listeners for our radio show. If each of those people donated a dollar, that would help New Heights Educational Group tremendously with reaching those that need services. The New Heights Educational Group will be launching um, a new site for their New Heights Show on Education uh, very soon. It has never been easier to listen to our shows. Check them out now. The new site is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School. You can also visit our discounted and free online courses to view the newly added courses for us and Silicon Valley High School. Anyone at any age can earn their diploma through Silicon Valley High School. You will really want to check out their $95 courses. We also want to announce a new partnership with Buffy Williams, who's also a host of one of our shows. Her books can be found on our recommended books page on the Learning Annex, and you will also see her books added to some of our curriculum, like the genealogy course that's on our site. We want to give a special thank you to Senator Sherrod Brown for his recent recognition. We really appreciate your thoughtful certificate from the United State Senate. Thank you also to Walmart of Defiance and Walmart of Napoleon. They both sent us a check for $500. We couldn't do what we do without support of businesses like Walmart that appreciate our educational efforts. If you like what you hear on our show, please consider sponsoring it. There are only two more spots available for sponsors. Everyone here at NHEG wants to wish you and your family a happy and safe holiday season. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. See you next month. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. I'm David Smith, founder of Silicon Valley High School, and we're proud to bring you these New Heights Educational Group radio shows because we share the same belief that quality education should be accessible and affordable to everyone everywhere. We also believe learning should be as entertaining as possible, and here at Silicon Valley High School, We're proud to report that over 96% of students would recommend our video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported online courses to a friend. Learn more about our fully accredited, entirely online high school and our $95 courses today at svhs.co. And I hope you enjoy the show.
Are you hungry for the usual today? Or are you ready to spice things up with the new Nashville hot brisket from Firehouse Subs? We're kicking up our slow smoked beef brisket with Nashville hot seasoning. It's topped with melted pepper jack and our sweet and tangy slaw served piping hot on a toasted cornbread roll. Yeah, a cornbread roll. Save time. Order your new Nashville hot brisket on the Firehouse Subs app today. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only. This is Matt Raj, fourth-generation owner of Community Coffee. My great-grandfather named it Community, just out of appreciation and respect for his friends and neighbors. And for 100 years, our family has been about two things, great-tasting coffee and great people. And as America's number one family-owned retail coffee brand, we believe it's our responsibility to continue to give them the best-tasting coffee experience possible. And it's why we're excited for you to discover your new favorite blend. Look for Community Coffee at a store near you. Good evening. The time is 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is your host, Buffy Williams. You're listening to the New Heights Show on Education. Tonight's topic is the IEP process. Hello, everyone. This is Danielle Washington coming to you live from Ms. Buffy Williams' office. <laughs> Just sitting around thinking about life and trying to become better people tonight, so... Check us out. Welcome back. You're on the air with Buffy Williams, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. We have been discussing the show's purpose on mission. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. I'm David Smith, founder of Silicon Valley High School, and we're proud to bring you these New Heights Educational Group radio shows because we share the same belief that quality education should be accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. We also believe learning should be as entertaining as possible. And here at Silicon Valley High School, we're proud to report that over 96% of students would recommend our video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported online courses to a friend. Learn more about our fully accredited, entirely online high school and our $95 courses today at svhs.co. And I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back. You're on the air with Buffy Williams, and you have been listening to the New Heights Show on Education. We have been discussing the show's purpose on mission. This is your host, Buffy Williams. You're listening to the New Heights Show on Education. Tonight's topic is the IEP process, laws and guidance for special education and rehabilitation services. Um... And But before we get into this week's show, I want to do a little recap of last week. Uh, on last week, we talked a little bit about the history of education reform and how we have moved from um, forms of education to kind of where we are today with public schools, private schools, charter schools, unschooling, and how families want to uh, structure the school process and the education process and how we can make that better for our students. The purpose of the IEP process is to assist educators, parents, and local and state government agencies in implementing the required parts of Part B of the Individuals with Disabilities Act in Education. Um, and those guidelines are designed to uh, for preschool age children. Um, this IEP process that we're going to talk about tonight is not covering the individualized family services plan for infants and toddlers, but it does include preschool age children. So again, it's just designed to assist the educators and the parents and local and state governments and giving them a framework of um, what should be included in the IEP process 
And all of the information that we'll be sharing tonight will be coming from the U.S. Department of Education with the assistance of the National Information Center for Children and Youth with Disabilities. And if you want a copy of the information, you can go to ed.gov. And they have versions of this information in Braille, large print, audio cassette, or on disc. So you can also go online. And again, it's available at ed.gov. That's ed.gov. And so what we want to talk about is the Individual Disabilities Act uh, offers 10 steps on ways to um, develop a IEP process. So what else? that are involved in the IEP process. So there are 10 steps. Um, First, children uh, are identified as possibly having a special needs or any kind of related services. And so with that, the child find system, the state must identify, locate, and evaluate all children with disabilities in the state who need special education or special education related services. And the child find system can evaluate uh, the children. Parents can also ask for a referral or request an evaluation. So it could be either or. And this request can be verbal or in writing, but they must have parental consent in order to evaluate your child. The second step is uh, the child is actually evaluated. So first you identify the student as possibly needing services for special needs or special education or related services. And then you want to step into actually having the child evaluated. And the evaluation um, will be used to decide if the child is actually eligible for special education or related services and to help make the appropriate decisions about the educational programs. Then after the child determined uh, been evaluated, eligibility is determined and there's a special group of qualified professionals that look at uh, the child's evaluation and then the parents are asked to come to the hearing then the child is actually found as being eligible for services then he or she then has a 30 calendar day in order to be determined by the IEP team as to uh, what will be written in the actual IEP process for the child. Then the IEP meeting is scheduled and all the participants are contacted and uh, anyone who has any kind of special knowledge as it relates to the child will be invited to the meeting. At the IEP meeting, um, then the meeting is held and the actual IEP is written during that meeting. Uh, Everyone gathers and talks about the needs of that child um, to include uh, the teacher, any administrators or any special education teachers, and anyone that is deemed uh, to be a part of the IEP team. Then the services are actually provided to the students and carried out. um, And then after that process, The student is monitored and a report is given to the parent. And this monitoring of the student's progress can be in the form of the nine-week progress report or the nine-week report cards um, for the students. Once you are in uh, the meeting and you're establishing your IEP process, they discuss the services that will be provided to that child based on whatever the evaluation has deemed as appropriate or as a need for your child. Then the progress of your child's performance is measured. And it's generally during uh, the same time that uh, any other student would receive a progress report, which would mean anyone who is non-disabled, their progress would be monitored in the same way that someone who has an IEPS would be monitored. And so that may be in the form of the nine-week progress report or when the student receives their actual report cards. And so at that time, the IEP process uh, after that can be reviewed and goals and placement are in play at that point. And so usually the IEP is reviewed within one year 
of the child actually being placed on the IEP process. And then the final step is for your child to be reevaluated if necessary. And generally, reevaluation happens every three years. But once the IEP process is completed, you want to take a deeper look at um, has it been done correctly? Are there things that should be um, incorporated that weren't incorporated initially? And so once an IEP is implemented is you want teaching to be improved through that process, the learning and results of that and anything that is special and unique for your child, you can look at those things um, more closely and also try to work with the administration on how can you enhance the IEP process and look at what things are working and what things are not. But there are certain things that, of course, that must be included within that. And so you want to look at what is the current performance of your child. So those types of things can be determined by their classroom tests, their assignments, their individual tests uh, in a particular area. And, you know, once you've decided that, you can discuss these things with the team. And you want to play close attention to, you know, what are the short-term goals for your child? What are the benchmarks that they need to make in order to reach their goals? And any special education or related services that may assist them or any kind of modifications that they need within the classroom. And you want to make sure that their participation uh, with non-disabled students is included in the IEP process. This is a must. And um, actually, how are they participation? What is their participation like on the state level and the district-wide tests? That is also something that needs to be monitored. And also what um, dates and places, like who um, must provide services, who will be providing services to your child, and how long will that actually last. And so these are some of the things that definitely you want included in the IEP process. And you also want to look at any transitional services that your child may need once the IEP process is ended. And in different states, these are at different ages. So it could be at the age of 14 or the age of 16. And is there a need for any transitional services for your child after they leave your after they leave that particular school? And so uh, again, the age of majority is only in some states. So you have to look at your state to see what is the age of majority and when they will need that information regarding the transitional services after they leave school. And then in the end, of course, you want to make sure that the progress that child has made from the time that the IEP process has been implemented until the end of that process. So the IEP um, process is something that a lot of our listeners are very interested in. So I want to hear from you all as to do you think that the IEP process um, has been effective in your state? And if so, what things were the most effective and what do you find the most beneficial? And so that we can discuss and have a conversation about states and schools and school systems. And if you feel like those things are being implemented in a way that is very beneficial for your child. And when you look at the IEP team, one of the things I want you to keep in mind is that there are particular people that need to be on your team, provider or regular uh, school teacher, uh, the person who can interpret or evaluate the results of the IEP process, and others who have special knowledge or expertise about your child. And of course, the parents also need to be included and the regular education teacher. Um, a school system representative and any transitional service agency representatives also need to be involved with that process. And the law just tells us what information must be included. And it does not specify actually how the IEP should look. Uh, no one approach or appearance in the IEP process exists. Each state can decide on their own what the IEP is to look like and, and they can design forms. But across the United States, many different IEP forms exist. But you want to make sure that uh, as a parent that you make sure that your regu regular education teacher 
and the special education teacher is involved. Also, if individuals who are representing the school system uh, are also involved in any regular education teachers. And then some things that may, um, your child may require um, some of the following related services in order to benefit from special education. So there are things like auditory services or counseling services or early identification and assessment of students with disabilities or any medical services, occupational therapy, uh, and, or parent counseling and training or physical therapy. Also, psychological um, services and recreation services. And then we also have some social work services that are in schools, some school health services, and speech and language pathology services that are also available. Also, sometimes transportation may be an issue. And so you want to look at how are these things beneficial for my student and what can, or my child, and what can my child benefit to make them as um, equitable as it is for any other student within the school. And so once that process is done, what parents need to do is try to uh, pay close attention to any special factors. It could be the child's behavior. It could be the fact that the child has limited English proficiency. Maybe they are visually impaired or, or hearing impaired or blind or deaf. And so maybe some communication needs need to be actually implemented um, within the IEP process or included in the IEP process. And so any assistive technology that may be uh, available also is something that could possibly be a part of your IEP process. And so these are just some things for you to think about and decide on um, what is the proper placement for your child within that education system. But some of the rules that we want to think about is um, what do we already know about our child? What kind of learning style, what environment are they actually um, used to and what what learning environments are they most um, effective in or productive in? And so we want to look at that. And also we don't want to blame or criticize um, the educators. We actually want to try to be a part of the team and try to come up with a common solution that's going to be able to uh, assist the student in the best way possible. Also, you want to protect um, the parent-school relationship. Um, I know that sometimes as parents, we become very protective uh, of our children, but we have to also remember that educators are, are there to provide these services for our students and so it is a collaborative relationship and we need to look at, okay, well, what is my child's strengths and how can this process enhance their learning and enhance the child's education? And so we want to look at what are the recent evaluations on my child? If my child is being reevaluated, what are the differences between the two? And we also want to seek to win out a win-win solution for every problem that we may occur, uh, run up against. Um, we want to have a win-win solution for the problems that we incur. And we also want to understand the school's position and what they can do and what things must they do and what things can they do. Because, you know, those are some things that are also included in um, the Department of Education's IEP framework for the IEP process. So if they say that they shall do this, that means of course that they have to implement that within the IEP process. But if it says that they may, it says that it's at the school's discretion uh, as if they're actually going to implement that within that program. And so what parents, if parents don't agree with the IEP process, what they want to do is try to try to come up with some form of agreement and then ask for maybe mediation, uh, ask for maybe due process. Uh, and then if all else fails, of course, they can file a complaint with the state education agency. But they want to try to come up with some type of solution first with the administrators at the school and look at what's going to be the best thing for the child. The IEP process is the cornerstone of special education and it does weigh heavily on the laws 
and what is actually required of the parent. And we talked a little bit about on last week, what is the role of um, education at this stage? How far have we come? And we have to look at the fact that educators are required to do a large number of things um, just for the general student. And so when we're looking at the IEP process, what we wanna make sure that we maintain a level uh, of excellence for our students and try to give them the best possible outcome for their educational experience. And I know the IEP process sometimes seems a little bit daunting and it seems like I don't know if, you know, I'm getting all the things the things are required for my child, but the Department of Education has put these things out here so that not only can you go into the IEP process informed, you can also feel empowered as a parent and um, as an educator to know that these are the things that I know that I'm required to do for this child. I feel like all of these things are covered or are not covered and maybe we need to address one thing or another that may not have been addressed in the IEP process before. And then we uh, also have to look at are we properly identifying what problems that may be occurring and if my child can actually flourish in this particular environment. And so with the IEP process, um, it can be a bit daunting, but what we want to do is we just want to make sure that we're giving our children the best possible um, avenue for success that we can have. And so again, we want to hear from our listeners out there about What do you think about the IEP process? Do you feel like it's an effective um, form of evaluating the student, the student's progress, and how they can um, benefit more from the public school system? Or do you feel like some things need to be changed? I know that you have a lot of supportive services now uh, in the high schools and supportive personnel that come in and augment the services that school systems Um, actually deal with so give us a call or email us Uh, all of the information is located on our website and also I want to remind that my um, fellow host um, Miss Erica Henson also has a education show that discusses depression anxiety and other disabilities within our community and her show airs on thursdays at two o'clock p.m mountain standard time one o'clock p.m pacific standard time and four o'clock p.m eastern standard time and reach out to me on spreaker uh, if you have any questions or on soundcloud We'd love to hear from you and hear about what you feel about the IEP process in the U.S. Department of Education. And on next week's show, I will be reading our comic book series. So I'm really excited about you doing that, uh, you joining us. I'm really excited about you joining us to hear our comic book series, issues that students may be facing within the education school system. And I want you to join us. You can also follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn at Buffy Williams. And on Instagram at Buffy underscore Williams. And Twitter at Buffy underscore Awaken. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the New Heights Show on Education. This show was written and expressed by Buffy Williams. Auto and mixing was produced by Jamal Banks. Thank you for listening. Good night. Until we meet again on the New Heights Show on Education. I'm David Smith, founder of Silicon Valley High School. And we're proud to bring you these New Heights Educational Group radio shows. Because we share the same belief that quality education should be accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. We also believe learning should be as entertaining as possible. And here at Silicon Valley High School, we're proud to report that over 96% of students would recommend our video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported online courses to a friend. Learn more about our fully accredited, entirely online high school and our $95 courses today 
at svhs.co. Here are your announcements for the month of December. Happy birthday to the following people. Priya Kedhardeth, Heather Ruggiero on December 3rd, Geetha Lingasamy on December 4th, Lindsay Clark, December 5th, Roberta Perkins on December 19th, Erica Hansen on December 20th, Tanushree Tawari on December 25th, and happy anniversary to Michelle Shockey and Shannon Williamson on December 17th. Other exciting updates from the New Heights Educational Group includes the following. And please don't forget to donate to the New Heights Educational Group this holiday season. You can also visit our website and click on Amazon Smile when shopping on Amazon. That way, NHEG receives a portion of the sales. A thought for you is also we have had over 327,000 listeners for our radio show. If each of those people donated a dollar, that would help New Heights educational group tremendously with reaching those that need services. The New Heights Educational Group will be launching um, a new so site for their New Heights show on education um, very soon. It has never been easier to listen to our shows. Check them out now. The new site is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School. You can also visit our discounted and free online courses to view the newly added courses for us and Silicon Valley High School. Anyone at any age can earn their diploma through Silicon Valley High School. You will really want to check out their $95 courses. We also want to announce a new partnership with Buffy Williams, who's also a host of one of our shows. Her books can be found on our recommended books page on the Learning Annex, and you will also see her books added to some of our curriculum, like the genealogy course that's on our site. We want to give a special thank you to Senator Sherrod Brown for his recent recognition. We really appreciate your thoughtful certificate from the United States Senate. Thank you also to Walmart of Defiance, and Walmart of Napoleon. They both sent us a check for $500. We couldn't do what we do without support of businesses like Walmart that appreciate our educational efforts. If you like what you hear on our show, please consider sponsoring it. There are only two more spots available for sponsors. Everyone here at NHEG wants to wish you and your family a happy and safe holiday season. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. See you next month. Congratulations to Ashley Scott, our Student Athlete of the Week. Through her efforts as a volunteer with the New Heights Educational Group Incorporated, Ashley inspires young readers in the Defiance, Ohio area. Ashley was nominated for her commitment to giving back in the community through volunteering raising donations, and raising awareness for various causes. Read more about Ashley by visiting hashtag readers and leaders. Right now, right now, you might be you struggling, struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be, you might be worried that you may not finish high school. school. There, might there might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. enough. Well, well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals.
right now. You might be, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us.